0: everybody and welcome to This Woman Can. I am your host, Janice Sutherland, career strategist for the professional woman of colour over 40. Now, as you know, I have an affinity for working with black women, women of colour over 40. But my real sweet spot is women over 50. And with last month being International Women's Day and Women's History Month... I really wanted to shine a spotlight on a group of women I think really met really met the break the bias um, hashtag that International Women's Day was aiming at, and that was being black female over fifty, or as I call them, the power trifecta, because these women are at the intersection of age, race, and gender. So what I decided to do is start to hold some live events, some, well, virtual, virtual live events. And I started one on LinkedIn Live. I celebrated with LinkedIn Live and we had a conversation about the, what it's like to be 50 or over 50, how society views women over 50 and, you know, what, what, what are the advantages? What can we do different? Why is it so fabulous to be over 50? So this is the recording of that. That, of that conversation. I really hope you enjoy it because I had some fantastic panellists. Maxi Atong, an executive coach. I had Laura Rutledge, who is also a coach. Uh, leadership coach Sharon, uh, Sharon Ehrlich, who was a global sales enablement director. And the baby of the bunch was Narissa Golden, who is an author and entrepreneur. And she was just coming up to her 50th birthday. So it was a lively discussion. And so much so as what I wanted to let you know is that I'll be holding another discussion um, this month. Well, if you listen to this in real time, it'll actually be the 12th of april at 10 o'clock atlantic standard time on linkedin live and i'll be doing the conversation around women Women and wear, women and dress, especially you know the impact of what you wear, uh, the uh, impact of what you wear in your career success when you're past fifty. So many are unspoken, well not maybe not so unspoken because people are quite vocal about what you th- what they think you should wear at this particular age. So my LinkedIn live um, for the for April is called "Is What I Wear Really Your Business?" and my guest will be Renee Lindo, who is a personal stylist. And we'll be talking about the impact of appearance and dress on women's careers and basically what can you do to navigate that when you're past 50. So really love to have you there. Just jumped on to LinkedIn, should I say. Um, Follow me if you're not already following me. I am Janice Sutherland. But it's going to be a great discussion. I'd love to have you be part of it. So what I'll do right now is leave you with last month's discussion And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your views and your comments. Don't forget you can follow me on all the socials. I am Janice Sutherland, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and you can even find me on Twitter on This Woman Can. So as always, until next time, remember if I can, you can, this woman can. Take care. Hey everybody and welcome to this live edition of This Woman Can, I am your host Janice Sutherland, career strategist for the women of colour over 40. Now we have a great discussion today and I want to set the scene a little bit first before we get into it and why we need to have this discussion. Why the interest in black women over 50? well not just because i am well let's put that out there first of all but my interest was peaked when i read the 2021 women in workplace report from mckinsey and Lean In org and there were, really were a few things that stood out for me but the main thing was the reference to the owners and they class the owners as the only person of their race or gender in the room at work then they had the term of double only's who was the only woman in the room and the only person of their race in the room, who have much worse experiences facing even more bias, discrimination and pressure to perform. And they're even likely experiencing burnout um, and, the, and the fact that their successes and failures were put under a microscope and that they're more likely to encounter comments and behavior that reduce them to negative stereotypes. But I think that they, they overlooked, and I felt really strongly about this, uh, a third group, what I called the triple only's. Women who are not just only, who are not just the only race and gender in the room, but also the older generation, those of 50 plus. Now these these women face an additional, additional whammy of ageism. And they face this discrimination earlier than men because of so society's emphasis and value placed on youth and beauty. And this can often result in less sponsorship, unequal compensation, fewer avenues to advancement, as women over 50 show visible signs of aging. And sometimes their competence and relevance is questioned. Yet we know today that women over 50 are far more active, more ambitious, more influential than ever and were successfully, I count me included and my wonderful panel today, as redefining these years as our new prime time. Let me tell you now, today's 50 is not your mother's 50. And I hear the experience of the women I work with who have had successful careers, knowing that they've already had a career of 20 years maybe to date, and also knowing that based on the fact we're living longer, that they probably have another 20 years. And they're thinking, is this where I want to be? My own independent research with recruiters indicating that women of this age were getting through to interviews, but they weren't being offered roles. I hear from the participants in my intergenerational working programs. Plus, let me give you some facts here. It's not just me spouting. The Bureau of Labor Statistics um, has said over the past 20 years, and this is US data, but I think it's still relevant for most countries, that the percentage of workers age 55 plus has doubled. The number of women entering the latest last phase of their working years is on the rise, and retirement ages are increasing, so women are looking to stay in the workforce much longer. And by 2024, nearly one in 10 workers will be 55 and older, with women representing the fasting-growing age-gender segment. And in less than a decade, there'll be twice as many older women as women aged 16 to 24, so we ain't going anywhere. And with the International Women's Day theme of break the, break the Bias, I thought this was an ideal topic to be further explored. So joining me today are my wonderful panelists who I will bring online. So hi, Laurel. Hi.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Excellent. Sharon. Hello. Larissa. Good morning. So good, to be, good to be here with here. you, Janet. Thank you, Narissa and Maxine. Maxine. So Hi, all of us, all of us oh, are having God. the lived experience of either being 50 plus or we have a baby in the camp who is approaching who is approaching 50. So I guess really my first question today, talking about this, is how do you feel? Let's start with Narissa. How do you feel, Narissa, about turning 50?
2: I didn't really think about it until you asked me to be on this panel. (laughs) I have actually, actually been in denial that I'm about to be 49. I was like, when did that happen? I felt like I missed the whole, everything between 45 and now. The last couple of years have just gone by so fast. Yeah. Um but I actually I'm starting to get excited about it because I think it's just more of an opportunity to do more of the things I've been loving and you know falling in love with my skin more and the things I've done. So I think it's going to be almost like if I'm giving myself more permission yeah. to just you know go all in. So I'm, I'm I'm starting to get excited about what's possible.
0: Fabulous. Fabulous. That's great to hear. Now, one thing I should have said before I kicked off audience, if you have any questions to ask our panel, please feel free to do so. Drop them in the comments. I'll see them. You can ask any one of the panelists questions. So my next question now, I put you in the hot spot, Larissa, already. So I'll take you out of the hot seat. (laughs) um, As I said, the rest of us are already already in our 50s. And we had a little discussion backstage about whether we should disclose our age before coming online. And I suppose the general consensus was that the fact you know we're over 50 is enough. But I want to just ask the the panel in general, how do you feel about disclosing your age in general?
1: I think oh, I, I, have, no I issue. have no issue. I have to think about it sometimes. I have to go back. OK, what year is it? <laughs> what what age am I? But I, <laughs> I made it this long. So I figure every day that I get is another gift. So yeah. I have no issue saying how old I am.
0: Yeah, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. I, too, I'll, I'll put it out there. I'm 57, uh, coming up to my 58, 58th year. It was a little disconcerting, I think, for me, thinking that I'm actually close to 60 than I am to 50. And that was the thing, because, because I, I think of my mother's 60. You know, my, my, mother, my mother had me very young, so there's not a lot, of, I suppose, a lot of years between us. And I'm thinking, that's not how I see me. You know like i said our, our mom's 50 is not our 50. maxine you were going to say so you're going to comment
3: it depends on the context in which i'm asked a question so if i'm out just having a good time i don't really want to, my age is irrelevant if i'm in the gym lifting weights my age is irrelevant in fact i can't think of one context in which that is a good question yeah. and at the same time i have no problem disclosing it it's just that what is your intention behind asking me my age and that's the question that you know that that's what I put back out in terms of what what differences is gonna make, and then we can have a totally different conversation.
0: Yeah, fabulous, fabulous, Sharon.
4: Um, yeah, I have to agree with Maxine. I, I think the, the I think we're all we've been around the block long enough to understand that uh, there is age discrimination. Ageism is real, and so you know, given the facts that. You know, I'm a part of this triple trifecta that you mentioned. Um, you know, I've been discriminated enough based on my gender and my race. And if 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 I can avoid revealing my age, I just don't mention it. I mean, I certainly wouldn't hide it if someone asks me. Uh, but I just don't understand, like Maxine said, you know, why that would be important yeah. in any discussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But let me just put, that, put this out there, that... Um... One of the things is, like, look, look. We, you look at this panel, we are a fabulous a rainbow of beautiful black women. Yeah, and there's the adage that black don't crack. And mm. I think we're all testament to that. So do you think um, the fact that people will possibly, without saying it, will think we're much younger than we actually are based on appearance? Then, you know, do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage or, or, or nothing at all?
2: It's definitely an advantage i think but um i don't i don't i it's not something i think i have to leverage i think uh my work speaks for it for myself and i just do what i need to do if if in some cases it works to my advantage i'm not gonna to to, to not use it <laughs> we use every asset that we have available to us excellent anyway
0: other the panelists there?
3: i think for me it's more of an ego stroke than really doing anything else, you know, it's like, oh, you look great, you know, oh my god, I didn't know you were that age, and it just makes me feel good because it's like, yeah, okay, it's a testimony that you know my moisturizer is working. But other than that, I mean, like, it doesn't do, it doesn't open any doors, it doesn't give me freebies. I still have to do what I keep doing behind the scenes. So other mm-hmm. than stroking the ego, mm, nothing else really. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Laura, were you going to comment?
1: You know, I, I was in a mastermind. This is three years ago. And I, one of the women actually owns um, a spa up in Canada. And somehow we got started talking about birthdays. Cause I think one of the other women there was, um, had just turned 60 or something. And I was like, yeah, you know, when I turned 50, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, wait, what, what? Mm-hmm. And I said, <laughs> yeah. And she said, I thought you were like 37. <laughs> I was like, no, not that haven't been 37 for a long time. And, and we started into this conversation and I said, you know, that's great. But what, what kind of assumptions do people make that I would not have been as capable that it was, she's like, no, it gives me a total new respect. You're starting out on something new, you know, after having had this whole career as opposed to me starting so much earlier. And so it's, I think it's, it's one of those things where it creates more surprise Mm. than necessarily. And, and ageism is real coming out of HR. right ageism is is absolutely real but my experience has been more it's it's the black and female thing first because they don't even think about age because we don't it's it is the piece of the trifecta that I think is least uh challenging for us because Mm -hmm. we don't all necessarily
4: show up the way we look right yeah
0: fabulous fabulous Sharon any comments from yourself
4: um yeah I mean it at the end of the day uh, my age has not opened a single door for me, nor has it had any, you know, I haven't had any door slammed in my face because of my age, but I have uh, been uh, not given the level of access or have mm-hmm. had privileges because of being female or, or being Afro-Latina. So, so um, I would say, you know, agreeing with Laurel is probably the least impactful uh, element of these, these, these three
0: yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. And don't
0: forget, audience, you can ask the questions, the panellists. Um, we're here for a little bit yet. So please f- feel free to add your questions in the comments and we'll do our best to, to answer them. So let me continue a little bit about, um, I'm, I'm going to hark on this about a little bit about being over 50. Um, what do you think is a common misconception about being a woman over 50? Sharon, I'll open this to you first.
4: Well, oh, I, I think that the, the common misconception is that, um, there's not a lot of opportunity for pursuing new opportunities or, or changing things. Yes. Um, and nothing could be further from the truth. I have completely moved to an entirely different industry, uh, since last year. And that was a conscious decision because I wanted to push myself. I wanted to, to be exposed to a different sort of a business and a different motion. Um, and I have the energy and the curiosity to do that. And so, you know, that the notion that women over 50 are, you know, somehow uh, should be put out to pasture or that they've mm-hmm. peaked in their careers or that they don't have the possibility to embark on an entrepreneurial venture after having been a corporate citizen for many, many years is absolutely a falsehood.
0: Yeah. 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 Laurel, comment for yourself.
1: And I, I agree completely. It is, um, I think the biggest challenge that we have as women over 50 from a career perspective taps into what we tend to do as women. Anyway, we tend to undervalue our experience. We tend to mm-hmm. undersell what we've done. And so if there's a big thing I can tell all of your audience members is as you continue to move through your career and I call it a career flow, not a career path, right? Cause you never know where it's going to go. Um, make sure that you are being very clear about what you have done and how your Mm -hmm. skills transfer. So as Sharon said, moving industries, that's not a big deal. People do it all the time, but Mm -hmm. HR people aren't always, the ones that are going to tell that story for you. So get really confident about what you've done and what skills it's given you and how that can move you into whatever it is that you're trying to do. It's if you've been doing anything, you've gained a skill. And so it's not so much about losing the time as age or not being flexible. It's about telling the story.
0: Yeah. Fabulous. Thank you for that, Laurel. Maxine, what's your view? I think
3: for most of us, uh, the common narrative is that when it's when you're over fifty, like it's over, right? Because mm-hmm. it's three score and ten, so somehow thirty-five is the median age and, and that's not true. We're living longer, we're healthier, we look like the way we look. And you know, it's I, I love what was shared in terms of the career flow because it really gives I think being of this age gives me the confidence to do lots of things that I probably would have wondered, Am I good enough? Am I there yet? And it's sort of like saying, you know, listen, you are this age, you can jump off. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Most of the worst stuff in your life already happened. So it it is a very liberating. Well, let let me put a caveat there. Once I began to accept that I was over 50, because it did take (laughs) some doing, then Mm -hmm. a whole level of other freedom happened. So while Mm -hmm. it is what I usually felt free, but now it just feels like it's almost like it doesn't matter. Like opinions don't matter, what I look like doesn't matter, how people feel about me doesn't matter because I've been a teenager. I've been having the angst of young adulthood. I'm not going through those things again. So what choice do I have? I only have a choice to feel free because we've gone through all the emotional and psychological Mm -hmm. and physical changes and and we're great. We're we're here. And and that's that's what I celebrate the most about being this age.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and and I love, and what, and you I just, love what, just, what you just said, said there, Maxine, because Maxine. there is a, a almost a, there's a I think a level of a, a level, of freedom, yeah? a, a level yes, of freedom, a level of freedom when you hit, when you hit, you hit when you hit fifty. Because, 50. because personally, for, personally for speaking, for me, once I got past fifty, even though I still became I, I'd moved countries in my forties, then I became a CEO in my fifties. And then thinking, but I, you know, I did it, but it wasn't what I was aiming for, because as far as I'm concerned, I'd already had the success, a very successful career. So now I can pick and choose what I want to do. And I really don't, in the nicest possible way, care whether, you know, what you think of me right now, because I'm free. It's not going to I'm not on a career trajectory, per se. So what I pick and choose to do was that there was a level of, yeah, there's a level of new freedom from 50 where i would (laughs) like, I do not give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: is that very is. powerful. Very powerful.
2: Yeah. Janice, where I am in Montserrat, and also I've lived most of my life in the small Caribbean islands, Eastern Caribbean islands, and so I am used to seeing women of all ages operating at their highest level until they choose to retire, and especially in Montserrat, you'll you'll find a lot of women that will be called back to come to work to fill in um, spaces. So for me, I don't have this fear of somebody saying, oh, she's too old or over 50 or and all those things, because around me. I see women who are still, you know, at their peak functioning and doing and creating the life they want. Um, I I love and I love that. So it just gives me permission to just dive more into, okay, so then how do I want to experience this new decade? You know, what do I want to contribute? And so rather than it being an age thing, I am thinking about, am I positioning myself one to um, enjoy my life? to secure my children's future but also it's about shifting to a giving back mode you know where i'm not always the one consuming for myself and wanting for myself but um i um giving back have i created a platform from which other people can learn those are the things that um That I focus on and think about it's it's not my age per se or whether people think I am already or old enough or whatever it's am I doing enough to leave an impact you know create the legacy that I want
0: beautiful and I think like you said knowing Montserrat as well as I as well as I do you're right there is a there is a it's a different population to most other to most other islands because it is more, it, it is a more, I suppose, from my experience, and you know, if you can chat me down if you like, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a an older population there than the mm-hmm. most the most the most regions. So I think that's a great example. Like you said, they, they, we still got it. You know, yeah. we, we, you, you're gonna you need us. You're gonna need us, and you still keep calling on us. You know yeah. when you when you do. I will say one thing, and it doesn't matter the
2: location, is that um, as Sharon and Laura were saying earlier, we aren't very good though at at articulating our expertise and what we bring to the table. So we do in some cases still get taken for granted in that way because we haven't stepped up and said, you know, this is me. This is fully me. Um, We just do what we've always done, which is just, you know, be great. But now I think it's time for us to toot our own horn a bit more and say, yes, it's me. I did it. I was the one that created that. A perfect example. Yesterday, uh, my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, she's still here with me and she's in her last year of school she's a president of her student leadership team and they're working on a situation that again you know that she's going to challenge the the school leadership on and so in their little commu- their little whatsapp group they are having a conversation and she says we i want you to give me your feedback so that we can make xyz decision to do this next thing. And then one of the young men, um, later on in the conversation, he jumps in, you know, oh, I think we should do X, Y, Z thing. And then she was like, well, wait a minute, isn't that the same thing I just said that we were gonna do? <laughs> and I said, do you know how common that is? And she's like, yeah, he's been a man. <laughs> So it's, and so she and, in fact, her vice president and some, some of the other women had to say, you know, they hit that reply button and said, yeah, that's exactly why we're in here. We're having this conversation. And it was amazing to me that they were very comfortable owning that and saying, no, this is my idea. This is why we're having this conversation. We are going to lead. So I think we could probably learn something from that younger generation now where we're not just apologizing anymore for being in the room, but we own the fact that we
0: are the ones leading the room and we are going to present that and be absolutely you know unapologetic about that fabulous and so very true it's something I see a lot with women I don't know if society or how we were raised or the Caribbean influence that you know mm-hmm. women need to take a bit of a back seat or you should be seen yeah. not heard you know it takes a long time um, to shake that off but if we don't talk about who we are and what we bring to the table who's going to represent us the way we want to be represented exactly Yeah, you know so let me just take a couple of questions from the audience because they've been coming in thick and fast so thank you very much um audience so our first question which i love this we're all going to answer this question <laughs> is it possible to start a new career after 50 do you feel you have more opportunities than your younger peers Woo! that was a i i isa too i think i've pronounced that right hopefully please don't shoot me shoot me down so um Yeah, I have my opinions, uh, but let's start with Maxine. Hmm. uh, Okay, absolutely.
3: So I'm unmuted myself. So absolutely, it, it is possible to start a new career at any age. What makes a difference is what you believe that you can do and what you believe that you deserve. And I think the benefit of being over 50, just as, as all the panelists are sharing, there is a new confidence. There is a different awakening and recognise recognition of what you're bringing to the table. So it's really, um, it's really, for me, it's been, I've always changed careers. I think I might be my fifth career cycle. And uh, this time when I changed careers or walked fully into one career, it was sort of walking in knowing that all the parts have been before they're gonna walk with me on this journey. So when I started as an accountant, even though I don't do any accounting anymore, I'm still a certified management accountant. And therefore, when I coach leaders, it's all part of what people get when they invite me into their organizations or into their Mm -hmm. lives. So it's not just, we're never starting over, we're never starting a new career. We're taking, as Laurel was saying, a new flow, a new path in our live stream, and with that path comes all of the waters that we've passed in and waded in and played in mm-hmm. and lived in before. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not new really. It's, it's sort of like a defining, a shaping, even though it may be a new industry assurance that even though it may be a new title that you're carrying and you're working with all of your years of experience, it, it really is beautiful because you see yourself differently and you blossom differently in your new job. And I think too, one of the things is about failure because we failed before we know it's not the end of the world so we're going into something new knowing that okay we have a possibility of failure and when we fail we know when we're failing we can quickly adjust it and it's not the end of the world it's just a failure I am not a failure I failed at this and I'll keep
0: going yeah yeah Sharon you shared that you've recently changed you've recently changed industries and careers what's your what's your feedback
4: my feedback would be, you know, it's, it's important to know what you want. And I think at this stage of our maturity, our career maturity with the experience that we have, um, I don't view it as a company interviewing me exclusively. This is a two-way street. I'm also interviewing them to mm-hmm. understand whether or not this is an organization that I want to be associated with, whether or not culturally I will feel like I belong there, because I'm not interested in fitting in. Yeah, I want to belong someplace. Yeah. Um, I want to feel like I'm being compensated for what I am uh, proposing to do fairly. Uh, you know, so you know, if you ha- I think you have to be really intentional about these do-overs and what it is that you are willing yeah. to accept. Yeah. And just because you're over 50 doesn't mean that you have to take whatever opportunity is yeah. coming your way and feel grateful about it. Uh, it. Nothing could be further from the truth. I think, if anything, uh, at this stage of the game, I've learned that being authentic, and I know that this is a word that is overused and being and quite hackneyed at this point, but I need to be authentically representing myself 24 hours a day. And if I can't do that, I don't want to be part of that team, that organization or that extracurricular activity. It's just not a good use of my time anymore.
0: Yeah, great. I love that, Sharon,
1: I love that. Laurel? Uh, That was just so, so beautiful. I, I always tell people, the people that I work with, it is not unkind to be clear with yourself or with others. And so that whole idea that Sharon was talking about, about being really intentional about where you're moving, getting really clear on what it is that you want and being okay with, having to say, well, this isn't it. It is okay. Um, There are, there's this scarcity mindset that says, well, if we get offered this and we don't take it, then nothing else is going to come. It's about making a plan. Proper prior planning prevents poor performance, right? Make a plan. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to go? Why do you want to be there? If I'm really clear on my ultimate outcome, then I can determine if this thing I'm doing is simply a detour or if this is going to derail me. And I can be really intentional about that move. So everything that Sharon said, that whole idea about where i want to be who i want to be how i feel i should be compensated for what i bring not my value because no one can pay you your value no one Mm -hmm. has enough money to pay you for your value but they can pay you for the experience and the expertise that you bring as maxine said you know it's it's all of those things that we've done before we are not starting over it is All of that experience that you've had that has made you capable to do what it is you are pursuing and the value that you can bring to someone else. So for me, it's all about just deciding what you want and deciding you deserve it and believing that you deserve it.
0: And, And I'll have to comment here because as a woman who actually coaches women over 50 to change careers, of course, it's more than possible. Speaking from my own experience, I let I spent my whole world in the, my whole career in the corporate world. And then at 53, flipped into entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. you know, and successfully. So for me, I think it's totally, to, abs- I've got to say it's totally possible because it is, you know, it's as, as you ladies have all said, it's knowing what you bring to the table, your authenticity, it's what you want out of your next career, because you've had enough Experience knowing what you've had in your career, but it's what do you want next, you know, because you're going to be in this a little bit longer than you, than maybe you want to be. But it's understanding mm-hmm. your values, what you bring to you know, your values that you want at your next role. And as you said, you know, being selective, if you're not done yet, and you have and seeing that you have this wealth of experience that a Gen Zer, a millennial, you know, just doesn't have. You know, because they don't have the years of experience you have mm. to bring to the table. You know, so it's about, as you said, I think Maxine said, or all of you said, it's how you position yourself. Really how you position yourself. Now, let me take one. Let me take another quick question from the audience. Now, the question is, what about the men around us from Lynette? What about the men around us work and home? What do we want to say to them at this stage of our lives? What is our key message to them? Great question. <laughs> can you
3: repeat it, Janice?
0: Yes. So, what, uh, what, what about the men around us, work and home? What do we want to say to them at this stage of our lives? What is our key message to them?
4: Well, I, I can start. Um... You know, my husband is a heart surgeon. And so a lot of the earlier years of our marriage and our relationship were about supporting his career, uh, you know, helping him to to accelerate and to do what he needs to do. And of course, raise child rearing. And the fact of the matter is, is that this is my time now, right? You know, so the the son is uh, an adult. Uh, My husband is long since settled in his career. And um, the rules of the game have changed in that the level or the amount of time that I used to devote to managing the family, managing the household, managing the lives of others in the family. Um, I've I've stepped back from that a bit, because first off, the need isn't as acute as it was back then. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I, I think we tend to take on a lot more responsibility than we need to when it comes to our families. And then we are completely overwhelmed with balancing our careers and our business, and then trying to, you know, be superwoman and run everything at home. And something just has to give, it just doesn't work that way. And I think as you mature a bit, you start to understand, it doesn't mean that you're any less effective at at running your home, or at being a good partner or being a good parent. But there are certain trade offs that need to be made. Um, nice. And you know, as long as everyone in the family understands that, um, I think that it, you know, it could only support women over 40 in making those next big moves that they want to make.
0: Yeah, I think you're so right there. Communication is key. And sometimes, and I'm speaking from experience here, sometimes I I want my husband to be a mind reader, you know, and know what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling. And he'll always say to me, I don't know what you're thinking. What do you want to What What is it you want? So once I communicate, especially when I was moving out of um, the corporate world and said, This is no longer for me, it doesn't suit me anymore. And once I explained where I was going, how I was feeling, what was happening, he could see the physical, there were physical signs for me that I'd kind of out, outlived and outstayed my, my particular role at that point. So it wasn't good for him either because I wasn't nice, you know. But mm-hmm. having that communication and saying, This is what I want to do. He was like, "Well, you've done it. You've got nothing to prove. Do what you want to do for yourself." And that was like, "Oh, you know, oh, yeah, I can." You know, because my kids were all my kids are grown men. They're all grown. I've done all that bit. You know, I came out here to have another different life. I wasn't experience it, but it's time to take control or own my own my future. So and so, I think the conversation conversation for me was just support me in whatever I do. Don't you know, don't don't critique what I'm doing. Don't question it unless I'm, I'm, I'm draining all the family coffers, you know, but support me. And that's and that's what I want. This is a new stage. Support me. This is, as Sharon said, my time. I love my time. I love that. Maxine, Nerissa, any comments?
3: So my my context is a little bit different. I've never yeah. been married. I don't have kids. So. If I have a partner, all I really want is support. I don't want just as you you're saying, Janice. It, I literally like almost every Monday morning want to do something differently, whether it is a different lifestyle, whether it is try something new, whether it is, you know, write an article or write a book, and whatever it is, my crazy dreams are. Whether or not I do them, it's just really part of my process. And so I really want my meat to be a container for me to hold those ideas and not really challenge me or start to analyze them. Or, you know, did you think about so and so, you know, I want my mate. If I say I want to go to Timbuktu, I want him to say, when are you going? You know, don't start to ask me, oh, Timbuktu is dangerous. There's a war in Ukraine, blah, blah, blah. No, that I do that for myself. I'm pretty analytical, so trust me. So I want my mate to trust me, trust my intelligence, trust my creativity. It will look crazy because it is. And just come along for the ride
0: and enjoy the ride. Yeah, fabulous, fabulous. 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 I love
2: that. Um, I am the mother of four. And like I said earlier, three of them are now off in the UK. The last one's going to probably be leaving me in the summer. And I've recognized the difference in my thinking now around how I would want a future relationship to be. So I've been divorced for about 16 years now, the age of my youngest child. And I realized, wait, I did it. I actually raised all of them to this very critical time. And now that they're moving off into university life, the need for a maid that would have been their dad is, you know, we survived that, and I'm very thankful to all of the men in my life who supported me with them, We're really good friends. Um, so I see that the desire I have for a mate now is completely different as in terms of the role that I would want them to play in my life, and I totally agree with Maxine. It's that. It's like, I have all of these dreams, and it's like, okay, let's go do them, you know? Somebody who is willing to support that versus that very, the, the mentality that I grew up with where you kind of sacrificed all For the family and for your husband. And so I see that shift and I actually welcome that shift now because I'm looking, because I I was beginning to be afraid of thinking, Am I supposed to show up with all these dreams and just say, Okay, well, we don't need to do those anymore? No, I'm giving myself permission to just want everything that I want and to attract
0: the mate that wants that for me as well, because that's what I would want for them. Fabulous. And I love that, you know, just the fact that we just support us. Just, yeah. you know, we, we've, we've done, you know, as women, we've, we, we've, we're always the, the not, not the provider, we're always the one that, we always put ourselves last. Mm-hmm. So we're always there for somebody else, you know, you included. Now I want you to be there for me. No questions yeah. asked. Just support Just support me in whatever, whatever I do. So, yeah, I, I love those answers. Thanks so much for, for, for sharing those. Now let me just flick a little bit and go on to more about the career career aspect Now, I think organisations are missing out on a really valuable resource. We've talked about the experience we all bring to the table and stuff like that. And because we've accumulated all this wisdom and all this experience, and we have the lessons that can be of value to their colleagues. So with respect to your careers, your individual careers, what's the one thing that was important to you in your 30s and 40s that really no longer matters in your 50s?
2: Nobody's going to get it. Janice, this goes back to when, again, when you first invited me to be here, and I thought, Um, I don't have these answers yet, but because, and I wasn't sure I could make a good contribution because I've always sort of done what I wanted to do. I Mm -hmm. I literally created the life that I wanted to have, especially once I figured out out that I wanted children to be part of my life. Mm -hmm. I wanted a life where my children could be around me. And so I literally created jobs for myself that allowed that to happen. So I have never been very concerned with, other people's jobs and other things. I figure if I ever um, submit myself and said, yes, I want to be part of your organization because I think I can help you, that's Mm -hmm. my approach. Here are the assets that and the experience I have that can help advance the cause of your organization. So that's about the only time I'm approaching an organization for work in that way. And it's never because, because um, you know, I, I never I feel left than. I, I always I feel that I have lots of value to add. And outside of that, if they don't want that, then I just go off and create some other job for myself. I, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about whether people are going to hire me or not.
4: Yeah, yeah. Sharon? Um, I I lost the question. I'm sorry. I was so (laughs) enthralled with what you were saying that I lost the question. Um, So what do you think? What do you
0: what did you feel was important in your 30s and 40s Ah. that no longer you feel no longer important in your 50s?
4: Well, you know, I I have to give you some context. You know, I, I relocated from the United States to Europe. I had a thriving career which I had to completely abandon. And I had to start basically from zero, you know, being in my mid thirties. And so what was really important for me at the time was to somehow to catch up, you know, to, I, I started in a completely new industry. I started with what I consider to be a a quite low salary, you know, being an American woman living in a country where English is not the the spoken language. And so I was grinding, you know, I was trying to climb that ladder and sort of make up for everything that I had sacrificed to come to Europe. I don't think people have to do that anymore because of the the Mm -hmm. nature of how we work. And you can work remotely and you don't, you know, you don't have to leave one job just because you're moving from one continent to the next and so on and so forth. But in that time, that's what I had to do. And that was really important for me. Um, Now, conversely, at this age, I absolutely am not afraid of working hard, but I don't want to work hard for the sake of working hard, you know, Mm -hmm. to wear that badge to say, you know, I put in a 12 hour day today and I never had lunch and I never used my holiday time. That's not interesting to me in the slightest bit. Um, My health is important to me. My entertainment is important to me. My personal interests are important to me and I want to pursue them with vigor Um, and not to the detriment to any position that I have working for a company, they can coexist. But I had to find that balance and I grew into that. That happened over time.
0: Fabulous. fabulous. Maxine.
3: So I think the whole notion of getting ahead, the whole notion of a title, the whole notion of being promoted, the whole notion of being validated externally, I think everything that goes with that sort of just disappeared for me. And it's been it's been disappearing for a while. I don't think Mm -hmm. I ever really personally plugged into it. I think it was just all the noise about what you should do in a career, and especially when mm-hmm. I was an accountant, how important that is. So I think a, a lot of that noise has died down, uh, and probably because I was never really a firm believer. One of the things that changed for me a lot is uh, really recognizing and celebrating being female and what comes with it. Um, other than the, you know, one of the things I've discovered is that I am very empathetic. And when I was growing up, I, I never would have used that word for myself. So sort of being able to beyond the career, beyond whatever it brings, really sort of self-identify and walk into who I really am, which is of most interest to me than what it is I should be. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that really is, I think that for me is has been a defining moment. Yeah. Um, so titles, it doesn't matter yeah. it, it's almost at a stage and i don't want to say it because money matters and at the same time it doesn't matter
0: yeah.
3: you know so all the material things really don't matter to me i mean you know it's 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 really really kind of very very straight and, and that's something that i'm still reconciling mm-hmm. where it is that almost the existence of other people it almost doesn't matter and yeah. yet it matters most because I work with people and I really love people and I feel people's emotions a lot. So it's, it's really, um, I'm really on this sort of, I'm on a fulcrum balancing mm-hmm. and trying to establish what it is that it really means because so much of what was important and what the world tells us is important has disappeared from my point of view yeah. or my interest. So it's, so I'm living this sort of, multiple reality where it is these things are important and at the same time they're not important Mm
4: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. and I love that I love all the things all the things things you've shared just there I think for me um what I realized that the title in the role like you said chasing for the career that wasn't what I wanted any longer and there's a there's a little bit of a I suppose a little bit of tussle in yourself because I realized that I wouldn't get I wouldn't want I wouldn't I wouldn't get that career anyway if i where I was because I was on a small island, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had to create what I wanted. Like Narissa, yeah. this was an ideal opportunity for me to sit down and say, OK, where what do I want to do? And that took many iterations till I got to where I am now. And that's taken me almost four years because I almost had to wash out, I think, the corporate measures of success. And when I initially started, I kept measuring myself by what I would have been the results I would have had in corporates. And that was killing me. And I had to sit back and think, OK, what did you actually want? Why did you leave the corporate world? Why don't you measure your success? How do you measure your success? And I, for me, and I'm going to do a post on this, success for me was almost saying, I don't want to work today. I'm going to go down to the beach for a walk with my husband or take a lunch. That was success for me. You know and still obviously make the money to i don't need as much and things like that so the measure of success definitely do change and i'm going to answer another quick question about career before i go back to the audience questions because the time is definitely flicking by and um, so we talked about initially about the, the the power trifecta black female over 50. do you think that are differences between how black and white women over 50 are viewed or treated so that's a Just throw out their question. Just throw out their question.
4: (laughs) Yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you elaborate
0: on that talk? Yeah.
4: So, so the answer is, is a resounding yes. And there is a lot of research to prove it as well. And so, and, and you have to forgive me because I'm, I'm speaking in the context of the United States because that's where a lot of this research was done. Uh, but the fact of the matter is when you think about uh, C-level executive positions and you know how many of those positions are occupied by white men, about 68 mm-hmm. percent, how many of those positions in the United States are occupied by women of color, not black women, just women of color, 4 percent, yeah. right, 4 percent. And so the experience of of being a a Black woman is an experience of not being compensated uh, fairly. It's an experience of not being recognized for your contribution. Um, It's an experience of not being, being, having to fit in instead of feeling like you belong. And when you think about those boys networks and networks that exist that we would never get access to, which actually propel your career forward. um, That doesn't exist for us. Um, Being judged much more harshly than our white female counterparts and, and, and. and. Uh, The list is a extremely long laundry list of different ways of treatment. For us, you know, so being excluded, but then on the other hand, when you have your performance review saying you just never show up, we just don't know where you are. But, you know, how can you break down that systemic sort of structure as one single person, you know, in an organization? And so it is uh, there are significant differences and organizations would really have to do some very hard work to sort of dismantle that so that there could be equity uh, not only with pay, but with the advancement of careers and and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah.
0: Any other any other comments
3: from the panel? Is that it's? I think that question for me because in the Caribbean we're all people of color, and in the Caribbean we've seen the advancement and the opening of doors for women of all all representative of the spectrum into the C suite level. Do we have work to do? Yes, we still have a lot of work to do. And uh, I mean, it's not even tokenism. So what is interesting for me is I would see panel discussions, maybe in the IT world, and there's no woman there, them, it's Mm -hmm. all men of color, but not a woman pops up, or there'd be a discussion or in the oil and energy sector. And it's usually like the same woman who's invited all of the time to speak at those forums. So for, for me, in terms of what's happening in the caribbean where all people of color so we don't see that huge distinction between white or black females but yeah. what we need to do is get more females into the room get more female voices heard on panels and wherever it is that
0: industry is showing
3: up
4: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. so yeah. let me just let me just so let me just add this out there then so then what should organizations who, I mean, it's I mean, supporting, women in, supporting general, women in general, but I'm talking so about the about women, over women, women over 50. And, and knowing, I suppose, knowing, I suppose, yeah, what do you think organizations should do to support or or, 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 the, or or who say, I don't know what to do with these women? Because one of the reports I read was that once a woman gets to over 50, and I've had this from a, from a client who says that, you know, once you get to this age, you should know what you want to do. You don't need further development. And I'm actually looking for them to read to go to go out the door because they're going towards retirement now. They're over 50. Why should I? Why should I spend resources developing these women? What's your what, what's your response to that? And Arissa, I see you smiling. <laughs> I'm
2: smiling because I'm not sure. Uh, wow. Why would why would somebody even say that? Yeah. OK, so um, like Maxine, yes, being in the region and we do see um, we don't have that great disparity. So the first thing I would say for especially for women watching this from the region, you need to know the difference between our story and their story. And because the, the Western American narrative is usually louder than the Caribbean version, we come in thinking that we are the ones that are under underserved, and not being visible, um, powerless. And then we adopt that energy and we we are challenging in a room where we don't need to challenge because our people are already there. But yes, what we do need to do is actually step up and articulate our expertise. We need to be willing to be more... Um, to tell our story and to talk about who we are and and the contributions we have been making. Um, One of the other things that we often do is that we disparage our success, our five-year success, 10-year success, 20-year success, just because we haven't had any wins recently. Maybe you've been focused on, you know, like for me, raising my kids and and other things. It doesn't change the fact that I have been making significant contributions and that they are still valuable. So um, I I would say um, companies, for one, need to see that their women over 50 are a major asset who can now help them um, position their um, their up up and coming people to understand the culture of the organization, but also how to position them for where they need to go. Um, We have that ability and that flexibility to be able to move between generations because you've got to deal with your 16-year-old, your one-year-old and your grandmother. So we are very okay with with cross-generational communication and leverage all of these assets that we. Take for granted as women to you know to the benefit of your organization, but I would put the onus first on the woman to yeah. step up and begin to present herself as the expert that she is talk about the value that she's been giving and even if she's only ever been a stay at home mom and she now wants to move into a new career all of those are skills that she can now leverage to to leverage up and she just needs to talk about it and celebrate it because that's her life that's her story
0: yeah. and and i love that you said um you know i want to take it back and you said even if she's been a stay at home mom being a stay at home mom isn't easy. Right. Um, and I know if I had a choice being single at one point with two children, I used to say to my children, if, you know, one of us, be, if I stay at home and not work, one of us be dead and it wouldn't be me, you know, <laughs> so, you know, so it, you know, we, we are individuals and there's such a huge skill that Pete Wimps that some people uh, under recognize to be that mom and to yeah. all, all those many, many, many moving parts Um, you know so yeah there's a skill set there now time is dropping against us there's two things i want to do i'm going to go back to the question there's a question in the comments and there's a very um there's a very active comment section happening conversation happening in the comments so let me just ask ask this first question um from lynette she says how does a woman in her 50s balance the dynamics that 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 come with not yet being financially stable and making career choices based on what she wants versus what is available for her to do in the context of this trifecta we're discussing. Now I will. Oh, Nerissa, Carrie, yes, go, Nerissa, go. You have an answer, go. <laughs> Technology is
2: is our great equalizer. We now have access to technology and resources that we didn't even have available to us, let's just say, 15 years ago. So, you can literally design the version of the life that you want that fits yours. And you just, if you can spend some time investing in learning one platform, you see, they're experts on LinkedIn or um, social media. I was just sharing in one of my groups that Amazon is now ed- entering the audio space, you know, with AMP. So you can decide now to still be starting because everybody else is still always starting something new and don't be intimidated because everybody is learning. I mean, COVID literally reset everything and so what people thought worked um, is no longer working. So this is the perfect time to to reinvent yourself and to craft a new story for yourself and step out there and just just go for it. So um, this is the perfect time.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: Maxine? Yeah, Maxine. So I, I would add to what it, what is saying, um, you know, if your economy is not there, don't leave your day job, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so there is a way in which you can split your time and experience and explore and do new things. I, I think that's, that's really important. And exactly as Narissa saying, because I keep in my mind, when I think about COVID, it's not like the great equalizer, right? We, we all went through this thing, We all didn't know what to do and we all had to make decisions. Nobody came to save us. And from that experience, what I think in terms of where we are now, 2022, I think of it as a blank canvas Mm -hmm. on which we really get to choose the colors that we're putting on our canvas and whatever we want to create. And therefore, the permission is almost like universal because everybody has to pick up pieces and we can decide what are we going to create with the pieces we have left mm-hmm. the money is always a big thing because yes yeah. you have to pay your rent your mortgage pay a light bill and whatever so nobody is saying I-, I would never advise somebody to leave their day job yeah unless it is they know how they're going to cover their expenses mm-hmm. um i have left my day job without knowing how i will cover exp expenses but that's the way i am i am a huge i i, I live on the edge i have no problem with that and I can tell you that what happens is that you will hit rock bottom and you will rise. So you may mm-hmm. not want to hit rock bottom. What you may want to do is in your spare time on your Saturdays on your Sundays, explore as Narissa was saying, you know, be really clear as Sharon was sharing before, being very intentional and deliberate about how you want to live, what you want to do. And I'm telling you, it is possible to create the life that you want. It's not mm-hmm. what is yeah. sold to us, but it, mm-hmm. it really is what is, it, it really is a truism for all of us. Yeah, all right. right. Sure,
4: anything, to anything to
0: add?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm, uh, live, my lived experience is that I wanted to change my career and I changed it uh, working freelance. So I changed it while I was still working for a company volunteering. Yeah. And then when I felt like I had the skills that I needed, I started to work freelance. And eventually I was confident enough to say, "Okay, now I will pursue this uh, because I feel like I'm qualified and can add value to an organization. So I am very sensitive about matters, all matters that come uh, that involve money. So I would never be the one who would abandon a a source of income to pursue something. But that's me. Um, But, you know, I kind of had like a, a slow transition and, um, and it worked out quite fine for me. But again, I knew what I wanted to do. So I knew exactly what I was working towards. Um, I started to network with people who were in that field. I started to join associations um, so I could understand where the trends were, where I could understand where the work was. Uh, you know, so it wasn't something I did alone. It was a, a, a broader community that I was part of that helped inform a lot of my decisions mm-hmm. and the moves that I was making.
0: And I think the underlying theme from all three of you and one I one eye coach as well is to plan. You know, we're not saying to you to walk out of what you're doing right now to, and, and believe that this is going to happen. This is about you being clear on what you want, knowing how you're going to get it, and what are the results you're looking for and what's the plan you're going to have and how long are you going to give yourself? It may not happen overnight. It's not going to, you know, overnight success and things like that. It may take you six months, twelve a year to eighteen months. But have a plan, you know, and one of the things you can do, one thing you can do every day to work towards it. Who do you need to talk to? You know, who do you need to have that conversation with about how do they do something? Then we had a comment in that in the, we had a comment that said, Judge Judy, let me show you this. Judge Judy said that you can start any time, get to know people who are in the space and find out how they're doing it. And that's a great piece of advice. Thank right, you, Jude. That's a great, be, piece, be, great, piece, be, of great piece of advice. Now, Janet, com- can I add com- something?
3: Yes, w- which yes. Is, which is yes. something that I've walked with, and it's something my mother always told me. My mother probably learned to drive after she was 40, and she's just like really adventurous. And one of the things she says is that, listen, you would be 40, you would be 50, and five years you would pass and you'd be 55, you'd be 45, or what have you done? So if you want to yeah. do something, it, age does not matter. Just yeah. start doing it because you will age anyway. That yes. is a fact. Unless you die, you're going to age. So just do what you want to do because you're going to be old. You're going to be aged anyway. So, yeah, that's what yeah. My, my mom's advice, which, which I take to heart.
0: It's a fabulous, great piece of advice. I would say, you know, if you're going to you let that time pass and somebody else has passed you, do what they mm-hmm. want to do when you're exactly. thinking about what they want. You're thinking about what to do next so we are coming down to the last few minutes i can't go into the comments there was a very active um comment about women setting up their own girls club um and you know or you know infiltrating we can't get into the boys club so make our own club this is kind of like that we talk to each other <laughs> we have a network so let me just um get down to the last last question for each and every one of you um that share the joy of being 50 or coming up to 50 and one piece of advice you'd give a woman who's either lamenting about being their 50s or coming to their 50.
4: I would say self-care is everything you need to put yourself in the forefront you need to take care of yourself take care of your health eat properly exercise whatever that means for you for, for every person it means something different um, and when you are feeling fit Physically and mentally, it allows you the time and the space to think about and plan for what you need to plan for.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Narissa,
2: keep learning. Uh, first of all, I agree with everything Sharon just said, and on top of that, stay open to learning. So if you need to go back to school, you need to find a mentor or a coach. Go and do whatever it is so that you stay. Because I, I find for me, my my kids help keep me abreast with what's happening you know so i learn a lot from them have conversations with people you wouldn't usually talk to stretch yourself you know keep stretching yourself and you just you're just going to continue to blossom be brave do it do it afraid that's my motto yes yes Yes. maxine Maxine.
3: i would say don't believe the hype nobody knows more about your life than you do so believe believe what you believe um two it's sort of like um This could be your last hurrah so enjoy it do the things that you've been scared to do do the things that you've been putting off because the fact that it's still in your head means that it's for you to do Mm -hmm. and three liberate yourself by reconciling your issues if your mom wasn't there if your dad wasn't there if you were abandoned whatever it is find a therapist clear that crap up Mm -hmm. so that you can (laughs) live
0: you know live like you've never lived before so yeah do it yeah, yeah yeah and i love that let me just add let me just add all of all the things you've all the things you've said and as you said this is your time don't limit yourself to you don't limit yourself to what society says don't let your past dictate your future you can create that you can create what your future looks like plan it to do whatever you want do do whatever you want so that'll be it so thank you so much um the audience for joining us today uh our time has finished we've been right here for an hour so wow that went really really quickly I'm um, um, at the end stay on there'll be some details if you want to know more about what i do um Let's just say it. let's just put Maxi back on stream. But what yeah. I do, where well, you can have where well, you can find more information. Um, I will be looking at um opening a community specifically for the power trifecta. Um, that's who I work, that's who I work with. And we're here for a long time. As I as I put my last post, we ain't go nowhere, we're bad girls for life. So <laughs> 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 that's my honesty, diddy. Puff Daddy, whatever Puffy, whatever you wish to call him. He's our era, what we grew up with, and I'm claiming. So thank you, ladies, for joining me today. It's been wonderful, and thank you, audience. If you're watching the replay and you have any further questions, please, please, please drop them in the comments, and we'll answer them. So thank you so much for joining us today. Take care. Take care.